Bone Pan Podcast. I'm John, and tonight my guest is... Carlos Rodriguez. What's up, John? Hey, homie. How's it been, man? It's going good. It's going good. You came to the shop a little while ago, and it was a lot of fun, and I was like, hey, what's Carlos been up to? And you told me you were doing a podcast? Well, we were up to a lot of things, honestly. So yeah, Buddy and I, we just kind of got interested into the whole idea of... We've always kind of had a, a communal relation about food and stuff like that. Nice. So we figured... Who the fuck doesn't love food? Oh, why not just talk endlessly and needlessly about <laughs> different things about food? So Speaking of needlessly, that's this whole podcast. <laughs> no one needs this. Well, there you go. And so what we ended up doing was Food Talks. Food Talks is our podcast. Nice. Basically, the whole premise of it is it just... Food is a conduit to allow us to talk about, you know, topics from pop culture to trending. We've been sharing food since before the Pilgrims, since time immemorial. Like, exactly. I'm pretty sure caveman over food. Exactly. Like so Tim Allen, everything. We want to get into that, basically. Mm -hmm. We want to kind of understand, you know, why are people, you know, into black ice cream? Why all of a sudden <laughs> are people putting Cheetos on their pizza? Oh, God. And does it actually taste good? So, is it actually nice? Well, this we'll, is fun. We'll it's like the, out. It, sounds, it sounds good. It sounds like the actual intellectual version of you know. We'll we'll try. Food. I can't I can't <laughs> promise any sort of stimulating <laughs> conversation. But it's uh, yeah, it's just a fun thing that we just kind of got into, and uh, we hope that people will start to enjoy it. And we talk about some things that are interesting. Thank we'll see you. how it goes. And tonight we'll be making Trader, Trader Joe's Street Tacos. Okay, okay. You were you you went with me to the store, I so. Did. I knew about food talks, and you were telling me about the first episode was based around, you guys were like, I'm going to get some fucking tacos. Yeah, exactly. And then you were talking about tacos, and for the past, like, five days, I've been like, man, I want some tacos in my life. I mean, it's in my, life. my mind. It's like... So now you understand how I feel. <laughs> Everywhere I go, I'm like, yo, like, they got tacos around here? Tacos. Is that a street card? That's a street card. I, I think it's just ingrained into like Mexican DNA. It's just a thing, a gene mm -hmm. that you have that yeah. is exhibited whenever you get a wife. I'm like, that with so yeah. my mother is Hispanic and I have that same kind of like it's not so much tacos, but it's definitely tortillas. I'm always yeah, like, there you is there flour tortillas? Do you, have, do you have flour tortillas? I think it. Because she wants, she always made them as a child. Yeah. And now when I'm like older, she occasionally, she's she's a lot healthier now because she's like, I can't can't have lard on a daily basis. No. And I'm like, those tortillas, they sneak up on you. But dude. they do, they, they do, sneak they sneak up, up on, on you. you, and suddenly like these pants don't fit anymore. I think the most disappointed I've ever seen my dad wasn't anything I did necessarily. It was him coming back from the doctor. Oh no. Him telling him, doctor saying. Your cholesterol you cut, is too you high. You gotta cut down. You gotta oh cut down no. on tortillas. He's the saddest I've oh ever no. seen a man. Is when you tell him he cannot have you tortillas. You took away his reason, man. I mean, he's, I'm oh. sure he came home and he's like, "I love you, Carlos, but you're not tacos." And you can't fix <laughs> my, my heart goes out to him. Oh, oh that my was, god, it was it was so funny to watch when he's like, "Just can't have him," you know. Just gotta cut that out. That's I'm like, so oh, funny, geez. dude. Oh, that's <laughs> awful. I think like fifty. I I, I feel like my grandfather like. At this point, the tacos are what's keeping him alive. The tacos are what's keeping him together. It's his fuel, right? It's, it's his fuel, but like the the whatever the gluten that's in the flour and the tortillas, like those are holding his joints together. Like he is probably forty percent tacos. <laughs> Bless you, Ascension. I love you. Shout out to Grandpa Gonzalez. Tacos are interesting, man. It's just one of those things that obviously in in Hispanic culture, it's kind of one of those. I think people look it's just at it. ubiquitous. Well, yeah, you people look at it from the outside, quite honestly, and they look at it as you know a pizza or a hot dog or something like that. Yeah. It's a very humble food. Yeah, it's a culturally identifying and, food as well. And most people think, all right, well, it should be this and it should be that. But even I, I had preconceived notions of what a taco should and should sure. not be. I'm currently having salsa out of a bag, so you can understand how <laughs> how I'm running weird into this some is. Things yeah, that are very that you're different. Like, Wait a minute, me. I do and I don't like. But yeah, it was one of those things where basically you we came to understand that people have 
even growing up Hispanic, you grew up very differently in different sort of kind of cultures. It might be depending on the geography. It might be depending on what generation you've been sure. born here. And so tacos and like authentic Mexican food for that matter, it has a completely different meaning for each individual. Which is so, which is so funny to think about like authentic Mexican is like, great. Which part of Mexico are you talking about? Well, yeah. What does are you Central who, Mexico? Are you Oaxaca? Are you where? Or like, where is your cent? Where, where is your authentic? Because everybody does food a little bit differently, and so you're like, oh, culture is a fucking <laughs> culture is a construct. It's more complicated than it's we a thought. lot more complicated <laughs> than we thought. Now, for real though, it's weird when you go down a street and you see restaurant after restaurant with the you know the line authentic Mexican and you just come to a point where it's almost meaningless like, yeah it really doesn't carry any sort of weight you're like okay it. great maybe somebody who was Hispanic started the restaurant exactly and I think that's become shorthand for probably just that yeah it's like it's or, got a Hispanic family behind the ho cash, yeah, you know, hopefully cash at least or fingers crossed fingers crossed really because <laughs> more often what I feel like it means is like some white dude was like we're gonna buy your recipe they cafe rio it this, and yeah. they're like oh, I'm sure I'm directly calling you out cafe rio because that's what you did <laughs> and it worked for you and you guys are jerks no man I I actually had my fair share of feelings for cafe rio oh yeah I think what it comes down to quite honestly just because the one by our house mm -hmm. Not the same experience I've had in just about any Cafe Rio. Oh, yeah? Quite honestly, good sometimes... Good or bad? It's been good. That's good. It's been where I've come back and I'd be like, you know what? It's different. It's certainly not Mexican food, no, as goodness. you would say I grew up with. Sure. But it has its place in the whole sort of pantheon. Yeah, the bio of, system exactly. that is Mexican food or restaurants so, here in Salt Lake. It works for And I feel people. like it's so funny because they're like... There are clearly... Every time I talk to people about Cafe Rio, they're very polarized about it. And more oh, yeah. often than not, it's because... Like, yeah, polarizing about uh, whether it's good or not or whether it's Hispanic food or, you know, Mexican food or not. But more than anything, I get into the I get into the debate about, like, people have their favorite Cafe Rio locations because there are... What's sad is, is there's clearly, like, better chefs at one versus yep. the other. No, yeah, I and, vibe with that. That same sentiment. Which is, is so funny to think, like, the Cafe Rio by me and Sugar House, the brand new one, yeah. they... It is the worst because it has the fast. It has the. It has a drive-through window. Ah, uh, so they're trying to just dish stuff. They're out. trying to dish stuff out, and you're like, you clearly are like, dude, whatever you're doing to make this faster is in, like absolutely straight up affecting the quality of the food mm -hmm. here because it's not as good as say like the Fort Union Cafe Rio going down there or anything. So that's for sure. If I can walk into a restaurant, weirdly enough, I'll get to that topic. But if I can walk into a restaurant and I can understand, I speak Spanish, and if I can, mm -hmm. if I can understand the chefs. Cool, we're on a good we're on good footing so far. For sure. I think this is going in the right direction. Went to a ramen restaurant the other mm -hmm. day. Hispanic and dude. And you understand the chef? Hispanic dude behind the, the Yeah, 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 I'm, yeah. I was like so confused. I had friends growing up that, you know, for high school they got their retail and, you know, their fast food service jobs. For sure. Two of them worked at Panda Express. <laughs> The whole crew, dude. The, the whole crew. crew was Hispanic. I know. Every panda I've ever been to is like predominantly Hispanic. And I'm like, what is happening? Here? I don't know if it's just them hustling out there or if they're really good at making that sort of food. I feel like I feel like they get it. I I don't know, man. <laughs> Back to the point. Um, What's okay? Tacos. Also, also with tacos too. I swear to God, taco. Okay, tacos were not a thing as a child. Like for me, they were a, a thing that my mother made occasionally, mm -hmm. like tacos, chilaquiles, enchiladas. The stuff, like traditional Hispanic food, mm -hmm. like I had it in my home and only in my home. And once in a while, we'd go to a Tex-Mex place. Oh, yeah? You know, Chili's like, well, they have tortillas. It's crazy. Oh, no. Um, there used to be this one restaurant. I don't remember what it was called. Oh, che uh, Chevy's. 
Chevy's. That sounds familiar. It was here in Utah yeah. when I was a kid. Yeah. I visited and it, they had a whole like automated tortilla making machine. Oh, I've seen those. Yes. There was one like that growing up in it California. It was a really beautiful, it was this big restaurant. Yeah. Chevy's was this big thing. And they closed, I think it was called Chevy's, but I'm, I'm, I'm almost positive. Yeah. Anyway, like that was the one time I'm like, wow, real Hispanic food. But uh, growing up, tacos weren't something that people talked about. But now I feel like tacos are pop, pop freaking culture. I see taco enamel pins. I see taco puns. I see taco t-shirts. I see taco stuff at like box lunch. And we thing, did and it like, on Instagram for a hot sec. We did. I mean, you've got Netflix has got the taco chronicles. Yeah. YouTube channels. Yeah. You know, documenting everything. That are jacking like straight up to just the power of the taco. It's and crazy. I feel like. Like Taco Tuesday, street tacos has become, it's like a cultural, it's like a natural phenomenon, which is kind of ridiculous because you think about how obscenely polarized the political scene is against Hispanic people. And yeah. you're like, one minute we're throwing, we're throwing everybody out. We're like, no, don't let them in the border. But like, hey, if you guys got tacos, we'll let you, like we're how good. fucking outrageous know, right? is the climate of what we're living in? No, it's, it's right gnarly. I, I love the ubiquity of the taco. I, the fact that I can find, in fact, I got a taco map here in Utah that a buddy and I have just kind of been stopping in places, notating some things, stuff we like, stuff we don't. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, tacos have, have, for me at least growing up, it wasn't necessarily something we had at home. In fact, quite often growing up in LA, you found taco spots and there are so many taco oh, sure, spots dude. that you can, I can go only to. Imagine. We'd go to a Dodgers game, it was tacos either before or after. <laughs> We'd go to a Laker game, it was tacos before or after. Sure. We were up in downtown LA area and it was it was tacos. All the time. We had Los Bigotones, we had Hugo, we had some stuff up up in Eagle Rock. Nice. I mean it was yeah, it was really, really good stuff. And so we always had the chance to kind of go to an actual taco stand eat tacos that felt very much a, a street food sure way back before it you know yeah it's a popularized item to be like oh you gotta, you gotta go you looking for that thing, street, yeah you had to go looking for the cart back then and it was only because you know hispanic culture has been popular like hispanics have been down in los angeles for I think, oh. since you know the 80s or earlier things whatever it was like yeah but the explosion of the taco cart as like a staple in food truck food i i, I feel like Portland made the food truck scene fun, and the rest of the world was like, food trucks are cool, yeah. right? And, you know, television shows like Portlandia started showing them in, in funny lights, like Bob's Burgers and other mm -hmm. places started showing off, like, it's fun to have a taco cart. This is, you know, a food truck. And with the explosion of food trucks came street foods. And then, yeah. well, it's like, easy, right? alterly, it's ultra naturally, like, the, the fucking taco was like, no, we are the ultimate street. We, we've been street food before. You fuckers knew what street food was. Yeah, it's it's super simple. Obviously, you just need, what, tortillas? You need your meat, and you need a couple of condiments. A couple here. of condiments, really. It's like, what, salsa, crazy. cheese, if you want to. And even then, half the time, I feel like the best street tacos aren't, aren't even that. They're just, it's tortilla and meat, and you're done. You're good. You're set. If someone can nail having just uh, good yeah, meat. Yeah, good carne asada or uh, carnitas or something like that. Carnitas, you can have uh, adobada. Al Pastor are going to be the oh, biggest ones. Al Pastor is my favorite. There you go, dude. Al Pastor is my favorite fucking... Get it on what they call the trompo. Oh, yeah, and you off. saw it off the side. Oh, my God. Okay, I have the whole... You're going to have to come back and do a thing because I have a whole recipe for that. Yeah. Uh, a one-pan recipe that I'm, I'm so hype AF to make because... Al Pastor tacos are gnarly. They're dude. my favorite. They I so them. rarely get them. I had them one time. We were in Los Angeles a couple of years ago for vacation and I had one good... Like, yeah. It was Street Corner Al Pastor tacos and I was like, this is the best fucking meal. I've ever had. <laughs> Holy cow, why yeah. can no one get this? So anytime I go places, like I went to the Rancheritos here in Layton after like a late night rehearsal one time right, right. and they had Al Pastor and I was like, yeah, and I was so disappointed because <laughs> it was so bad. 
It was so bad. Okay, that's, so that's we're... the worst that can happen. Walking into a joint, coming out with. Uh, ah, that was just. Uh, it was the like, expectations were so high. This isn't carnitas. What is this? This is rubber. So we made, we got a, we got a, in honor of the taco. Yes. I was at Trader Joe's a couple of weeks ago and I, I, I posted this on my Instagram, I think, whatever it was, and I was just floored, but it was a beef sirloin taco kit from Trader Joe's. 10 bucks, 12 tacos, packet of guac, salsa, cheese, a jalapeno, a, I think it was like a pound of meat. Yeah. So everything's already seasoned. You just saute the beef until it's brown. I warm up the tortillas because yep. I, I can't have cold tortillas. They don't work. <laughs> no. Especially because happen. these tortillas are half corn, half flour, so they have a little bit of that both. I suspected as much. And corn can't, corn cold doesn't, it crumbles and falls uh -uh. apart. It's, it's so it'll bad. It'll dry out. Well, it's, it's really weird, gross. bad. Yeah. And then even flour tortillas are like, yeah, I guess you could eat it cold, but. If you're insane. If but, you're insane, yeah. If you, but have you're it the warm. Zodiac killer, I guess. You gotta have it warm. <laughs> you gotta have it warm. So, uh, I made it up. Tell me what you think. Tell me what you, what do you got? What do you, what do you, what'd you put on yours? I'm already halfway through. <laughs> uh, you haven't taken a bite because you've been good. We've been talking, but I'm halfway through my first one. What Honestly, you, what's the thoughts? defies uh, explanation. This is, this is completely blew my expectations out of the water. The meat is really well seasoned. Quite honestly. Yeah. I really enjoy a bit of spice and having the jalapeno and having the salsa oh, on man. here. Oh man, you dice these jalapenos perfectly and boy howdy, are they hot. They are oh, I love noise. them so much. I'm enjoying it. And I have never actually had a tortilla that is a blend like this. Mm. I'm quite a fan. I think more people should be actually doing this. That would be something I'd like to start seeing a little bit more out of maybe some vendors. I thought that was such a weird thing. Start implementing That it was like 50-50 like, this yeah. is gonna be super weird. No, it is the best. Okay, hot take. The corn tortilla has more flavor than the flour tortilla. For the sure. flour tortilla holds up better than the corn tortilla. Uh-huh. So you get all the flavor of the corn tortilla, but like the softness and flexibility of the flour. That's it. It's very malleable. It's uh, very it's so soft. good, but it's dense like corn. And corn you, is you, super you dense. You still chew it and you still get yes. some of that kind of floury sort of tortilla A sort little of bit. flavor. But uh, I love the size. They're street taco tortilla size. Mm -hmm. I doubled up on mine for sure because mm -hmm. that's how you have a street taco. Yeah, I'm enjoying them. I think uh, I think if ever I'm in a bind again and I'm I've got a hankering, this is an easy go-to. Mm. Too bad I don't got a Trader Joe's nearby. Dang, <laughs> I'm gonna have to stock up. I'll probably have to stock up on some of these. Put them in the freezer. A or couple kits. Yeah, I know, right? Next thing you'll see is just coolers worth of these taco kits for me. At home. <laughs> Send me a photo. <laughs> it's just a freezer full of your wife's. Like, Carlos, we can't have this much taco. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, yeah, we can. That's that's kind of the idea that kind of spurred um, my uh, my buddy and I to kind of start our our food talks podcast was just the idea of it's so interesting how you know food really permeates into culture and and how they affect each other obviously and we just had this conversation about what you know tacos have kind of done are in the zeitgeist yeah. of things and so we got really interested I mean there are so many platforms where food has become such a conduit to so many different conversations. Agreed. Whether you're on Instagram and you're looking at these crazy food trends where people are just making like absurd, you know, your uh, donut croissant, croissants or oh, sure. all that crazy stuff. Oh, yeah. Hybrids and Frankenstein monsters like, of food. Luxuriating, lu luxifying, I don't know, making fancy. I don't know what the, whatever the word is, but like taking things like, how could we make it as fancy and as expensive yeah, yeah, as possible? Yeah, let's take a pizza and let's, you know, throw some gold leaf on it. Yeah, yeah, like, sure. And you're like, wait All right, a minute, guy. what are you doing? As soon as you did that, I can no longer afford that pizza. But yeah. <laughs> I was good up until that point, now I can't take a Nor slice. Nor should I have that pizza I because I, I do I want gold leaf in my system? What can, am you, I? can you put that back and can I sell that and pay off, you know, my college my or something like that? 
Listen, I got a new car. <laughs> I would love to be able to afford that new car for Wes. So how about oh. you, like... Yeah, you order that pizza and then like, like no, I'm just gonna hold that pizza off the side. I'm I'm always interested. I don't know what I mean. What your take on it is, but food as of late has kind of had its its rise, obviously, and it's so much in the media and it's so present, and people are able to have very interesting conversations around food. I feel like the Food Network was the conduit for that. The Food Network was the originator of that. Like, right. um, we're gonna talk about food consistently because mm -hmm. I feel like before television and before really truly the Food Network. Um, I guess I could say Julia, like the original chefs, Julia Child, Wolfgang yeah. Puck, the original, original chefs, I guess. Um, Bobby Flay. Bobby, For some reason, I think Bobby, Bobby Flay is like the David, David Copperfield of, of chefs. I, I would, don't know why. I'd say so. That, that's fine. Does that, does that qualify? Him sure. Wolfgang one? Puck is the Sherlock Holmes. There of, you go. There you go. <laughs> uh, Julia Child is the, who's the British prime minister? <laughs> oh, the Iron Lady? Yes. Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> Julie Charles, the Margaret Thatcher of on. food. Anyway, I feel like you had these original giants of food. So, okay, I'm gonna really, I'm gonna use a great analogy. Before Vidal Sassoon, hair was something that was done by barbers and barbers really alone. Mm -hmm. And when it came to women's hair, men didn't really know what necessarily to do. And that's where you had all the wonky, crazy inventions. Curlers, perms, settings, things. You had stuff and styles that didn't move. They were very much like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it kind of a thing. Like, mm -hmm. you want it to look like this? Great, I'll glue it in place. And that's basically the thought, pre-Vidal Sassoon, yeah. that was what hair was. Yeah. Pomaded in place, cut to in place. It wasn't really, it was just, there was no geography, or geography, there was no geometry to it. It was really organic and natural as much as like, right. what's your head shape look like? Uh, we want it to look like this. Okay, great. I'll, I'll cut it here and we'll do it here and we'll do this and that. A lot of trial and error. Yeah, a lot of trial and error. But really, there was like processes for doing this. And as we moved forward in the future, you know, with the industrial boom in the 50s, you know, the 20s, 30s, 40s, and yeah. 50s, with technology kind of growing, but really still being pretty, uh, uh, still pretty analog, yeah, I should, yeah. what I should say. Um, Nowhere near the, the advances of, you know, the past 10 years. Yeah, so... Hair was done by men, it was done by barbers, and so women did their hair, women went to salons, but it's really just, it was men doing women's hair, and they did it, like, I, I, you wanted it to look like this? Okay, great, here, we'll just do it. And you had to, like, women got their hair set, they did shampoo sets, they put it in curlers, it was overnight, blah, 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 and to achieve styles. It was, it was a lot of work for doing a thing. Sassoon comes along, and he says, I can do that by cutting it. I can recreate that shape by holding the hair and cutting it in such a way and, 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 and faking it. Yeah. But not using heavy products, not using chemicals, not using ridiculous equipment, dryers, heaters, things. I can literally use my shears to cut it. And he revolutionized the entire way hair. And suddenly it became, hair cutting became a household thing. As yeah. he started, like Sassoon, he started selling products and it became everywhere and it blew up. Paul Mitchell then followed suit after him, basically copying him. Yeah. Uh, they 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 straight up just borrowed their their whatever one two three cutting system borrows from Sassoon's ABC cutting system like absolutely perfectly <laughs> straight up it's just like it's straight up it's pirating. Um, Someone's I'm, gonna come up with alpha beta gamma. Yeah 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 that's basically it. I, it. They did they changed it enough to not get copyright infringement, but it's the like if I blindfolded you and you know like revealed both systems and said which is which, you'd right. be like they're the same. Correct. But Sassoon, he altered something. He altered the way we approach hair and, and, and did that. And I feel like cooking up until 
those massively worldwide chefs cooking up until that point was an individual, a unique affair. You lived where you lived and you ate the food of where you lived. Yeah. Right? And you ate the food of where you lived and you ate the food of your culture. You ate the food of your people. Yeah. So rich, uh, like, uh, I, I remember watching this documentary with Alton Brown. He was talking about how so white Southerners didn't know how to cook. Rich white Southerners didn't pass down cooking to their kids yeah. because they didn't do it. They the never, slaves did. Yeah, exactly. So no wonder most restaurants in the South are owned by black people. Yeah. Or, or the top chefs, they're black people because it's just passed down. Mm -hmm. Father to son, mother to daughter, parent to child through generations. And because of that's the function of that political climate and everything, and economic and everything, and socio, socio political, all, all that fun stuff, cooking wasn't a thing of white people. And that's yeah. where you get Twinkies and all the random, weird, redneck nonsense. <laughs> uh, but before our big time chefs, cooking was a family thing, and that was kind of it. So if you sucked at cooking, your mom sucked at cooking, that's. It. You were gonna starve. You were you. It's not you were gonna starve. You just were gonna eat whatever the hell you were gonna eat, <laughs> kind of a thing. You, like, you didn't. There wasn't going to classes in the '40s to like learn how to cook better. Sure, I mean there was homemaking classes and things, yeah. and that was really kind of where it started to get bigger. But again, those first chefs started the conversation of like, hey, anyone can cook. Anyone can make things. Here's how to do this. Uh, you know, Julia Child's book covers tons of stuff. It covers a massive variety of foods from actually like many different cultures at the time. Yeah, European cultures, but still many different cultures nonetheless. And I feel like they were the first ones, they were the grandfathers, grandfathers of the giants that started the conversation about food. And then we had kind of like a slowdown yeah. and we had a, a huge commercialization of that, a la Martha Stewart. Right. Martha Stewart was the very first one, I think, to like truly like take and dumb down and go like, oh, you know what? Let's simplify not everybody, this. Let's simplify this, and not everybody wants to make... How about I sell it under my name? She was the first one to consider the rising commercialization, uh, like to be in consideration of the rising commercialization of food. And then Food Network hit. Then Food Network was everywhere. DirecTV, Comic, yeah. like all these other places. You got like a that. package and it came with the Food Network. And then it came with the Food Network. And then, and that was when there, we started getting the... What's the stages of comedy or something? Like it's unknown and then it becomes wildly popular and then it's satire and then it kind of equilibriums out into society or something. I feel like there's a there's some kind of process in writing yeah. or, or something that whatever it was. Somebody, somebody, one of my listeners is going to like know what the hell I'm talking <laughs> about. And I think we're in a place now where we're both still in the in stages two and three where we're still experiencing this explosion of commercialization right. and almost parody because you see stuff like Cake Wars. You see stuff like, the what's the Netflix special where they make it terribly, right? Where they oh, try yeah, to copy yeah. the pictures and it's like people on, and we're, we're, the show is to make fun of how bad how those bad people is, yeah. are. As much as you want to say, oh, that's not the show. Yes, that's literally the show. I yeah. guarantee you the guy who was like, oh, we're going to see how bad a bad of chefs we can get on this show to make right. fun of them. And I feel like we haven't quite equilibriumed out yet into everyone's food just kind of being available everywhere. And because we're still seeing things like uh, I had a I had an ice cream taco 
at normal ice cream. Oh, dude, Choco Tacos. Choco Tacos. Like, oh, those things are bomb. <laughs> it's not your ordinary Choco Taco no, either. No, no, no. Like, you can, because we, I was looking for one one summer, and I think my mother-in-law was like, oh, you can get them at Walmart. I'm like, no, 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 no. No, no, no. Choco Tacos from normal ice cream in Salt Lake City. Mm-hmm. Orchata ice cream. Orchata ice cream. In a waffle sort of shell. Right? Yes. And then yes. they dip it the in little, chocolate. And then they have the little, like, dark chocolate pearls. Yes, little nibs on top. They're so good. And it's not small. No, it is huge. That it was the thing, size of my forearm. Yeah, that thing is gnarly. That thing is gnarly. And it was delicious, but I was like, I was laughing in my head because I was like, oh my God, it's a taco. And how much, like, how tacos permeate. And it, I laugh because there's just things like, I, I made Pinterest spaghetti tacos. And you're like, what are we doing yeah. here? <laughs> so we're still in this weird... Exploring uh, this, we're like exploring the space. Yeah. I feel like still with a lot of food before stuff kind of begins to calm down. And because of that, I, I I don't know. I don't know where food's going. I don't know where things are happening. Because again, there's just places are popping up everywhere. Yeah. I see glimpses of the future. Like uh, we were, we had this conversation a little bit earlier about lovebirds and um, and pretty bird, yeah. and pretty bird chicken and things. Weirdly and enough, I, also very similar in name. Weirdly, weirdly, agreed. And I feel like they're the future when it comes to they know what they want to be. Yeah. They're they've they've they're hipster. They're fun. They're this and that. They're nothing of the past. They're yeah. not fried chicken of the past. They've they've grown beyond like oh we're not gonna be we're never gonna be KFC. We don't want to be KFC. We want to be a local place. Yeah. They know who they are, and therefore they're over uh, experimenting with food. Yeah. They figured out whatever new techniques they need in order to like make it taste as good as they can. And I think people are getting receptive to that sort of thing, yeah. right? Like it, it is, I think people have kind of grown tired of the mass commercialization of a lot of food. I mean, don't get me wrong. There is a place in my heart for the dollar menu at McDonald's. Oh, totally. Best value that you can have. I'll take I'll take the nuggets and french fries. Sure, man. I'm probably not a big burger fan from there. I know some people are. BK, you go there to BK go. for the burger, really. Yeah. But I mean, it has its place. Uh -huh. It has its place and it has its time. But outside of that, it's not like I'm going constantly to a McDonald's or to a KFC no. or a I think Domino's. a lot of us are over, yeah, we're over the commercialization of food and we're over the parody of food. Yeah. We're over that food. We're is looking at it in a much more sort of genuine and novel and very kind of. Well, I think we want food to serve us. Yes, and exactly. Food to be both good and good for us. And I feel like that's where. The keto revolution, the clean eating revolution, yep. paleo, Whole30, all that has really hit hard and is here to stay because yep. it's influencing people to make consistent, healthier decisions of saying like, hey, I want to eat good and I want to feel good, so I want the restaurant that I go to to do those things. Yeah. I want them to make the best food they can, the freshest ingredients they can, skip the weird, no, I don't, I don't need, why is this blue, like green ketchup, in the 90s when we were kids. <laughs> I remember that bottle, yes, dude. Yes, dude, I remember that one. And the purple stuff, the it was weird. One, yeah. I feel like that stuff is over now. Yeah. I feel like that would not fly today. But it then again, we just fun. talked about black ice cream cones and black ice cream, uh, charcoal. 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 Charcoal, though, and the whole reason for that is activated charcoal. And so I feel like it we're has still its trends. It Agreed. has its trends. Agreed. People and People need likes on Instagram they... until those likes go away at some point. <laughs> When it's you totally do that happening, Instagram. though, right? Yeah, they've been phasing it out in different countries. I think Australia was the last that I heard that they were trying it. But, uh, yeah, the crazy part about it is is just how food... I think everyone's become just a lot more attuned 
maybe the dissemination of information and the availability of information Agreed. makes it so you're a lot more educated than you could have otherwise been. Yeah, I, we have Amazon now. I, I don't have to just settle for what's in my neighborhood. Yeah, exactly. You can branch outside of, and you can learn. If you ever do travel, you go, I've never heard of this place. I'm going to go try it because it popped yeah, up on my Instagram. I can Yelp now. review it. I can immediately like, oh, look at this. I see pictures of the food. I got 150 reviews. It's I got a things. huge community that yeah. everyone can share a part of because it's so global at this point. So yeah, it's, I don't know, man. Food has its journey and it's continuing to take its shape and I'm really excited to see kind of where it goes. And uh, I'm not going to say that all I eat are tacos. Guys, you should know I don't just eat tacos. We, we talked a lot. He really about doesn't. It. I mean, yeah. I'm. If you're looking at me now, I'm actually shaped like a taco. <laughs> uh, no. <clears throat> oh my God, he's really a human taco. <laughs> really, it's really just a taco. That reminds me of. Is it hot? <clears throat> I just had a seed of one of the. Uh, oh no! Uh, oh my God! You know, one of the seeds gets caught going down your throat. Oh no! So not only am I talking like this now. It's just fire. But it is straight fire in my throat. I feel like I'm. I won't say what I feel like, but anyway. <laughs> so what I was saying before that seed of Satan went down my throat and, <laughs> and just lit it on fire. Um, the dissemination of information, how this food has kind of really, really kind of permeated culture. And at this point, it's now pop culture, right? Yeah, we can agreed. talk about things that you see and, and it's just kind of grown to or established a more global community where you can feel... I think you can finally feel like you're having common and shared experiences with other people that you might have not otherwise have had yeah. through the conduit of food. Yeah. You had that with your family and you had that with your neighbor, but now you have it with strangers, which yeah. is crazy to which me. Which is good, and, and I feel like it's it's crazy, and it's also extremely good as we, as technology seems to divide us, as we can pick and choose who we want to be around, and we can get into echo chambers about what we want to believe, whether or not we those biases are true yeah. or not whether or not the information we're feeding ourselves is actually correct or is horrendously i don't know off culture skewed and and sideways for that matter i feel like it's imperative that we do yeah. we eat with strangers more often and dine with strangers more often because you then stave off that that mindset of like ah, i'm only gonna eat what i'm gonna eat i'm only gonna stay with my friends i'm only gonna hang out with my people yeah. i'm only gonna protect the people that look and think exactly like me. Yeah, exactly. It just gives you an opportunity to yeah, connect in, in ways that <clears throat> weren't available before then. I mean, how crazy it is to think, obviously technology and whatnot has really helped uh, give this an impulse, but your parents, my parents would never have talked about counting calories. No. And yet people my age, constantly talk about yeah, it. Yeah, totally. Like macros, that's, a, that's not something if I told my mom, she'd be like, what kind of an app is that? I'm like, no. Uh, I'd be surprised she thought it was an app. Uh, <laughs> sure. You know, counting macros and that kind of stuff yeah. would be so foreign to so many people, but it's just something that we've adopted into our vernacular and we know is a, a thing we should be more mindful of. And, and I, think I think it's I really true. I, I, I absolutely think that's right. And it's because it, I think it became a luxury. Food suddenly became... Yeah. It, it wasn't... It's not that food like our grandparents... They had food. Right. We lived in the modern era and stuff like that. You know, we had milk delivery every morning in the 50s kind of thing. Like, they had food. It just, going to restaurants was the luxury of the 50s or, you know, uh, the luxury of our grandparents and, and parents and things. Yeah. But now, food anywhere, food availability, the type, the quality, like, I can get five-star food on a street corner kind yeah. of a thing. Like, I don't have to travel to New York, to the Ritz-Carlton, to get a chef. And I'm not talking, like, you know, just taco kits from from Trader Joe's but 
I'm also talking about taco kits from Trader Joe's. The quality of food has been demanded by the public to be better. Yeah. And restaurants and everybody is kind of like, okay, we'll step up. You want organic? Great. You want free range? Great. You want no antibiotic? Great. You want locally sourced this? Great. You want uh, ethically sourced that? Great. And they've responded in yeah. kind and grown for it. And so now we're getting better tasting food anywhere and everywhere yeah. now. I think the only maybe, not setback, but possibly the only difficulty or, or maybe the thing that you should think of, like, oh, how does this affect the, the audience or the consumer at the end of the day? I think it still instigates a little bit of FOMO because being so globally oh, connected, true. you go, for the longest time, for instance, I had the opportunity to travel a couple times to New York City and try Shake Shack. Yeah. You come back and you just are craving Shake Shack. <laughs> you're like, I can't have Shake Shack. Shake yeah. Shack just, just opened up a they couple did, days ago. They did, the one in Sandy. Just yesterday. And so now that opportunity is there, but just to, like, you miss out on those experiences. There's just so much more that it's really easy to kind of go and be like, oh, man, I really want that, but I mm -hmm. just don't have that here. Yeah. So maybe, I don't know, maybe that turns someone into, oh, I'll, I'll do that here. Yeah. Or it just kind of leads people to thinking, like, I've, you know, there's the whole concept of... Uh, what do they call them, food deserts or stuff like that, where it's just, you know, there's nothing around. There aren't these sort of industries that are growing in there or these small restaurants that are kind of uh, yeah, promoting will, yeah, not only small businesses, but obviously food culture and everything of the mm -hmm. sort. So I don't know. I, I hope that the trend continues, but I think, um, I don't know, we should be mindful throughout the entire time. Agree. Thank you, sir. I was yeah. going to mention when you said, obviously, our parents and grandparents and mm -hmm. the milkman delivery i'm pretty sure through the 1950s divorce rates probably doubled due to milk deliveries <laughs> i think that's on wikipedia you could fact check me on that sure but i'm pretty sure that's that's what happened nice just Good. a huge spike in in adultery and <laughs> and divorce and due divorce to, due to milk delivery. Milk I don't delivery. know what exactly about the milk delivery it was, but just something just something. Yeah, yeah. There was a weird correlation causation mm. thing going oh. on there. <laughs> if this, then that. Got it. Okay, so we rate the tacos here on the One Pen Podcast. We like that we have a rating system, so it's negative five to positive five. Negative five being terrible, garbage, horrible. It's disgusting. It's no good. Horrible. No good. Very bad day. And five being manna from heaven. It's the best. It's yeah. amazing. This is good. So for me, for not in comparison to other street tacos, because yeah. that's not fair to do that to like a grocery store taco kit food thing. Yeah. On its own merits, this is like a three and a half for me. It's yeah. very good. I'm very surprised at how like the guacamole tastes. It, the guacamole has a lot of flavor. It's not just mushed avocado. Yeah. Because I think a lot of people think that's what guacamole is. It's not. It's a puree. It, yeah. It's like, <laughs> I just, I took a fork to buy avocado. Yeah. That's not guacamole. Yeah. It's not. The salsa is like a, somebody knew what they were doing when yeah. they made it. Somebody definitely was like, oh yeah, no, we're going to use some really like we're gonna balance the cumin to exactly. paprika like we're gonna we're going to use traditional hispanic spices because uh hispanic like mexican spices because specifically like we want this to be really good so it's got a little kick to it and it's right. not just like again diced tomatoes they were like this is pico de guy no 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 that is uh diced tomatoes and onions that's not pico. <laughs> please right, don't right. please don't call that pico yeah and then like uh, uh i'm a little bummed it's just a white cheese 
Uh, I think it's just probably Monterey Jack, maybe. Yeah, I feel like it's just Monterey or something. It, I, I wish it was Cotija or something, yeah. like just a teeny bit better. Might be too expensive for the yeah, for the kids. probably. But like the but the like the whole jalapeno. Okay, I'm I can, digging it. I, I was really surprised when you opened up that package and, and you're like, just, "There's a whole jalapeno." A jalapeno in here. Guess I gotta cut that up. Guess I and you you totally like. Hey, I'm gonna do that. Like, Yay! Yeah. I am on the same wavelength. I think this is easily a three. I don't want to put qualifications on it. I don't want to say in comparison to or the fact that it came in a kit. Honestly, for what it is, at face value, I would have said this is the weirdest thing. You're giving me a taco in a kit. Uh, yeah, at face value, this looks like something you're like, this is going to be bad. This no, is going to be bad, or this works. is going to be some terrible attempt at, oh, it's tacos and some, no. And you know what it is? Oftentimes, I find that when people do... Mexican food, and I hate to say that when white people do Mexican <laughs> food, I, I find yeah, that the white people in the room gives you permission. It's oh, fine. thank you very much. Uh, I find <laughs> you can say the W word. What, what often happens? What often happens is that the, or the replacement H word, I guess, the, honky works the, too. Yeah, exactly right. Sorry. Uh, what often happens, I think, is that they replace just because you want to be able to make it palatable to a lot of people. You replace Agreed. a lot of the spice, and what I found is they actually end up replacing spice with sugar. Yes. In an attempt to flavor. Yes, exactly. And so a lot of things end up tasting a lot more sweet than savory. And I'm not a big fan of that. And I think this was right on the savory. The, it, the, the meat had the right sort of blends of seasonings. Agreed. And so everything, I think, was encapsulated in a kind of saltiness that that's I really That's so funny that you point that out. I'm like, my mind, boom, because I feel like that is. That's totally the thing to go, oh, it's too spicy. What do we do to replace it? Mm, we don't know how to offset it with some sugar. And yeah. they're like, no, you know what? We, they should, uh, I discovered some other stuff from Tater Joe's and I'll show you in a second. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to keep it a secret from you guys. So <laughs> we'll have to talk about it on another episode. He's twirling his mustache. I am. <laughs> I'm petting a cat too in my, in my high back chair. Yeah, there you go. Mr. Bond is in the other room. He just swung that chair around right Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. I, it's, it's like umami in a jar. Oh. And I'm like, oh my That's God, dope. this is the key. This is the thing that I'm like. It's so funny that you say that. I'm like, that's the thing. People ruin it by adding sugar to like, oh, we need to not make it spicy. We right. should make it sweet. No, you you should make it more savory. Yes. And there's different ways to make it savory without sacrificing flavors by ruining it with sugar. Yeah. Because I think that's one of the other things is there's so many added sugars and stuff. And you're like, dude, 48 grams in this? This is supposed to be peanut butter. It's crazy. Yeah. It, I, I mean, there's a reason why I, I'll... Truth be told, a lot mm. of us Hispanics are a little bit on the chunchy side. We're, <laughs> we retain a little bit more water because of all the salt in our food, dude. It's not just MSG in, in Asian cultures. We, we like our seasonings. We yeah. like our salts. And you'll find that there is quite often a lot. Very a lot. savory cuisine in, in, in Mexico and uh, a lot of Hispanics' food. So, yeah, it's, it's one of those things that I had noticed in, in visiting some other restaurants. And I was like, oh, I think that's probably what they're doing. My cool. wife pointed out. She goes, I think this is what they're doing. Yeah, I think I, she, she's dead on yeah. it. That makes total sense that they would be like, oh, it's too spicy for our regular audiences. What do we do? And they, they sugar it up as a way to, as a way to fill it. Yeah. Filler it. Yeah. Normally then with a recipe, we would say thumbs up or thumbs down. Thumbs up being like, I would add it to my cookbook recipe. So this, I guess, is thumbs up if you would go back to Trader Joe's and buy this. You know what? This is a perfect college meal. Obviously, yeah. I'm not demeaning it in any way, but this is literally like the gourmet of, go of yeah. college 
sort of meals. Yeah. Like I was if saying, you get a cooler of, of these. Yeah, a cooler of these would and be great. You you want to cheat and you want to be like, yo, come over. I'm making tacos. Just throw the package away. You you know. Put, oh yeah. And the, suddenly you look all fancy. Suddenly like, you made tacos. Bro, you made tacos. Yeah. The tortillas look legit. Mm -hmm. You put the salsa out and you put uh, you know the guac out of its container and you put the cheese on the side. It's got the jalapeno. You, yeah, sure. As they're as they're coming in, yeah, you start slicing the it. jalapeno. <laughs> You're set to go. You're going to impress some people, some sure, ladies. Sure, man. This is date night food for sure. It is perfect. And I think it fits in that space. But I also think if you're just kind of like got a hankering for them and can't find a good taco around you, this might actually do the trick. This might fulfill that, that oh, need. Oh, yeah. Heck, yeah. This has been Taco Talks. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, Carlos, where can people listen to Food Talks? So, Food Talks is on just about anywhere that you can listen to a podcast. And if you're listening to this podcast, you know where to listen to podcasts. Exactly. So, so uh, check us out. We're also on Instagram, so you can follow us and see when it is that uh, we'll be posting our next episodes. We're trying to get over what you would call uh, the seven pod fade. Nice. So, we're trying to get over that hump, and I've been doing uh, great work with my buddy Jorge to try and uh, get some content out there that just is hopefully interesting to some people Dope. hopefully we find that audience and uh yeah we're, we're really liking it so heck yeah you guys can always find us on instagram and twitter and facebook instagram is where i'm actually most active so it's a lot of fun and you can join the shopping list at www.onepanpodcast.com where y'all know when carlos is coming back for lots of fun this has been the one pan podcast sometimes the food's funny us not so much <laughs>